Now, alhamdulillah, so we uh, are on the chapter in relation to, or pertaining to the wudu. So this is the next chapter that we're going on to, now, the chapter of wudu, Bab al-wudu. And Ibn Qadama, rahimahullah, he begins by mentioning, لا يسح الوضوء ولا غيره من العبادات إلا أن ينوي. لكوري رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إنما أعمال بنيات وإنما لكل إمرئ ما نوى. And so, as we understand from any action of ibadah, that it cannot be accepted, an action of ibadah cannot be accepted except that they have a correct intention. They have, they have the correct intention. And this is due to the hadith narrated by Umar ibn Khattab, where he mentions, indeed, actions are by their intentions. And that everyone shall gain or shall attain that which they intend. And so this is the, the first mentioning of this affair of the, of the wudu. And no doubt when we understand the wudu as well, that wudu is a shart, is a condition to salah. Is a condition for the salah. And this is understood by way of the ayah first and foremost. In source of Ma'ina, where Allah Ta'ala says, Ya Yuladina Amanu. إِذَا كُمْتُمْ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ فَاكْسِرُوا وُجُوهَكُمْ وَأَيْدِيَكُمْ إِلَى مُرَافِحِ وَأَمْسُحُوا بِوَأُوسِكُمْ وَأَرْجُلَكُمْ إِلَى كَعْبِهِ And so, I mentioned, oh you believe, if you come to stand in the Salah, and to perform the Salah, then wash your faces, and then your hands or your arms, Wipe over your heads and then wash or wash your arms up to your elbows. Wipe over your heads and wash your feet up until the caravan and the ankles. And so this ayah is a proof that the wudu is a shart to salah. The wudu is a condition for the salah to be correct and valid. Likewise, you have the hadith in which you mention لا تسيح الصلاة إلا بالوضوء That a salah is not valid except, except with wudu. This hadith as well is also an indication of the affair of the salah itself and the fact that it's a condition that the person has wudu when performing the salah. And when we understand from these nusus, from these two texts, or the texts such as these, pertaining to Tahara and the like of that, is that we understand from it is that we have the obligation of wudu. And that's the fa'id I'm talking. The benefit which has been mentioned directly is the obligation of wudu. And 
as for the fighter, so we have the fighter on talk and the fighter on Mafuma. So that which has been directly mentioned is, is the obligation of wudu. That which is Mafuma as well, that which is understood, and the second benefit you can mention from them, is that the wudu, the obligation of wudu, is for the one that intends to establish the salah. Right, so for the one that intends to pray. Why? Because the salah is not accepted. Unless there is tahara. And so the obligation of wudu, the obligation of a person performing the wudu, is at the time of the hadith. Is in a scenario where there's a hadith, and the person has impurity. But when we mention al hadith, we mention we mean al hadith al asqar, the minor impurity, and not the major. To the minor impurity, then no doubt the wudu is required. And thereafter, as we mentioned, the Qudama, he mentions. Um, نعم ولا يصح الوضوء ولا غيره من العبادات إلا عن يروي. And so the wudu or anything other than that is not regarded as being correct until the person, or unless the person intends it. And so everyone has to have an intention. And this is the case with all the ibadat. That everything goes back to your intention. For example, the salawat, the salah, the person has to have the intention of praying the salah when, when establishing the salah. Or, for example, when they're praying the salah, they have to have the intention of praying that particular salah as well. For example, if the person, he comes to the masjid, and he begins the salah, and he begins and he has the intention of praying the nafila. And then he finds that a person has come to join him in salah. He becomes aware that people are joining him in salah. People, one, two, three, four, two, three more people, for example, are now praying behind him. And it's a jama'ah. At that point, is he able to change his intention for it to be uh, salah which is of the, of, from the Farid of Salah Farida the question clear mm -hmm. is he able to do so yeah. Yeah. some say yes some say no inshallah why he say no if he say yes why he say yes if he say no why he say no Okay. So obligation. So then you're saying so what's that what's the answer? So the answer is he's not allowed to change his intention, but people who are allowed to change his intention. Okay, but he's not allowed to change you're saying he's not allowed to change his intention. People who have a different intention. I don't want the Ma'moon can have a different intention from the Imam, is what you're saying. No. Okay, the Ma'moon can have a different intention from the Imam. 
But we're talking about the Imam in this case. And you're saying he can't change his intention. You can't change it from an Afra to a Wajib, okay? You can change it because if the uh, Prophet here used to hear babies crying and used to get very quickly slap, finish his slap quickly. But he's still praying the same salah though. If it's uh, the narration you mentioned, where the Nabi Rasulullah so would hear the child crying, and so he would make, he would uh, uh, end the salah uh, or not elongate the salah longer. This isn't a change of uh, intention, though. There's no, there's nothing that's changed. He still is, in, he still intends to pray that particular salah. The intention hasn't changed. No. So you're saying if it was if it was a wajib, you would change it to, to a nafila. And you would say the opposite. If you say if it's a nafila, you would say it's a wajib. Okay. You're saying yes. You change your kalam. No, 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 no. The, from the option to specific. Yes. Okay. Was up and around. Let's say, like, she wanted to change it from Zuhur. She wanted to pray, uh, make it optional. No. Nah. Pray Zuhur every time, Zuhur every night. Then that's allowed. Then that's allowed. Nah. Allah knows best. But, uh, a movement would say that the intention cannot be changed once the person has begun that salah. So, any time after the takbir to ihram, after the person has made takbir to ihram, then the person cannot change that intention. Hence why the importance of mentioning the intention here. We mentioned the intention because everything is built upon the intention. So the person is intended to pray a particular salah and he's begun that salah. Naam. And intention as well, if we're talking about the, the salah, in Hayf al-Ahkam, in relation to these rulings, then is the intention, is it a, is it a condition, a pillar, or a wajib? Or sunnah? Intention. It's a wajib. A shalt. A condition, he's saying. Sorry, now it's a condition. So if it's a condition, then what did we say in relation to the definition of a condition? The condition has to be present when? From beginning to end. From beginning to end. Now. So if you have the intention, then that intention has to be present. At the from beginning to end, Naam, at a particular intention. So it's not a case that a person can say, or suffice to say that they're praying a salah and have the intention to pray a salah. No doubt, a person has to have the intention to pray the salah, whichever particular salah they're praying. And so this is what we discussed previously. Naam, is that clear? Barakallah So this is what we mentioned in relation to the intention, and no doubt, although is the same. That the person, then he was to wash, wash his face, wash his arms, wipe over his head, and wash his feet. But he had no intention of purifying himself, then he will do and He had no intention of purifying himself as an action of wudu. Then is this wudu? No. This is not wudu. Because he did, it was devoid of the intention. Didn't have the intention. Time. Thereafter, 
Then after that, the person mentions the basmala. And within this discussion, you have those that mention that the basmala is a wajiba, is an obligation. And those who earned that mentioned that it is sunnah, natural sunnah. It's not an obligation. And Shaykh Ubaid, rahimahullah, he mentions in relation to the basmala that it is an obligation. And he mentions as a proof the hadith, the Hassan, the Hassan hadith, the call of the Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam, la salata liman la la wudu Allah. Wa la wudu liman la yafkur ismullahi alayhi. So he mentions there's no salah for the one that does not have wudu. And there's no wudu for the one that does not mention the name of Allah upon it, i.e. the basmala beforehand. And so, what we understood from this, and what the Shaykh mentioned, is that this is an obligation due to that. There's an obligation due to that. And he makes a distinction, we mentioned that it's an obligation so it's an obligation for the one that remembers to do to, to make the basmala. So the one that is aware and he makes the basmala, then it is an obligation upon them to make to mention the basmala. It's an obligation upon them. So the one that remembers. Now as for the one that does not remember then this obligation, yaskut anhu. This obligation is removed from him. It's not. It's not something which is held against him. I. It's not. It's not regarded as being uh, the wudu, which is invalid. However, if a person remembers to mention the basmala at any point, then they need to mention it. So even if they're in the middle of the wudu, as to mention by the Shaykh even if they're in the middle of the wudu, then they should mention the basmala. So no doubt the best time to mention the basmala and the time which is in accordance with the sunnah is that you mention the basmala when? At the beginning. Naam? At the beginning. However, if the person for whatever reason forgets at the beginning. However, they're in the middle of the wudu, in the midst of the wudu and then they remember then upon them at that point is that they should mention the basmala. So, bismillah. No. And thereafter, Sheikh mentions, Sheikh mentions also, Allah, as for the one that leaves it out, Amdan. So he leaves out the, the Basmala, yani deliberately. Then he says it's possible that this person's wudu is not valid. Why? Due to the wording of the hadith. And the wording of the hadith is, is wadih. 
The word of hadith is quite straightforward and quite clear that there is no salah for the one that doesn't have wudu, there's no, there's no wudu for the one that does not mention the name of Allah. And so, this is what is mentioned thereafter. Then Ibn Khudama he mentions, وَيَغْسِلُ كَفَيْ ثَلَاثًا ثُمَّ يَتَمَدْمَضُوا وَيَسْتَنْشِقُ ثَلَاثًا يَجْمَعُ بَيْنَهُمَا بِغَرْفَةٍ أَوْ ثَلَاثٍ ثُمَّ يَغْسِلُ وَجْهَهُ ثَلَاثًا مِنْ مَنَابَةِ شَعْرِ الرَّأْسِ إِلَى مَا إِنْ حَدْرَ مِنَ اللَّحِ مِنَ اللَّحِيَنِ وَالْدَقْنِ وَلَا أَصْلِ الْأُذْنِينِ وَيُخَلِّلَ لِحْيَتُهُ إِنْ كَانَتْ كَثِيفَةً وَإِنْ كَانَتْ تَسِفُوا الْبَشْرَةِ لَزِمَهُ غُصْلُهَا ثُمَّ يَغْسِلُ يَدَيْهِ إِلَى مِرْفَقٍ ثَلَاثٍ وَيُدْخِلُهُمَا فِي غُصْلٍ ثُمَّ يَمْسَحْ رَأْسَهُ مَعَ الْأُذْنَيْنِ يَبْدَأْ بِيَدِهِ مِنْ مَقَدِّمِهِ ثُمَّ يَمُرُّهُمَا إِلَى إِلَى قَفَاهُ ثُمَّ يَرُدُّهُمَا إِلَى مَقَدِّمِهِ ثم يقصر رجليه إلى الكعبين ثلاثا ويدخلهما في الغسل ويخلل أصابعهما ثم يرفع ثم يرفع نظره إلى السماء فيقول أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله. and so here Mukdama he's mentioning the sifa a discussion on the description of the wudu itself, the description of the wudu, and so he mentions first and foremost the washing of the hands, right? The hands up and up until the wrists. So wash of the hands three times, and he mentions this, and this is an action which is found to be from the sunnah of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. Naam. And from what's apparent, the narrations mention the washing of the, free, the hands three times. At each narration that mentions the washing of, these, of the hands up, up until the wrist, it mentions the three, three times. Now, and Sheikh Obeid, he mentioned that there's, there's a, from what's apparent, there's no narration that mentions anything less than three. So each time the person washes the hands before the wudu, that it should be washed three times. And this is an action which is in accordance with the sunnah. It's a sunnah. Naam. And not regarded as being from the wajibat. Thereafter, it mentions, Thumayata madmadu wa yistanshiku thalathan. And thereafter, the person makes the madmada or istinshaq. They make this mother of Shak three times. Make the mother of Shak three times. But it's sufficient to do once. Now, so once for Sa'idan, yani. so once or anything up until three. And then the mud mother was understood from the definition of mud mother is a tahrik al ma'afifam. So the madmada is the gargling and the movement of the water in the mouth. That's the madmada. And the istinshaq is a jadvul maf 
I the pulling of the water and and uh, inhaling of the water into the nose. Uh, we'll go on to mention further how it should be done, and this is mentioned it should be done with uh, what, is, what is referred to as mubalaka, a large amount, except for the one that is sign, except for the one that is fasting. And so this is the madmada was Western Shark. Now, the madmada with Western Shark, it can be done separately, or it can be done with one intake of water. So the intake of water into the mouth and the nose, ma'an, yani together. So a person could, when performing the madmada Western Shark, they could put the water in the mouth, put the water in the mouth, gather water in the mouth, expel the water, and then take the water into the nose, expel the water from the nose. They could do it like that. Or they can do it in one action, where they take the water, enter into the mouth and the nose, man, together. And then expel it together as well. So this is correct and that is correct. Sheikh Obeid, he mentions that the madmada was the shark. It can be done in three ways. There's three ways that it has been that it has been narrated that it has been done. Three ways. Does anyone know what they are? Gargling. No, three ways. No, the gargling. No, three ways. No. But I'm talking about them, them together. Even if, regardless of whether you do it, whether uh, you do it together or one, or you do it separately, there's three ways it can be done. And, and where, where there's narrations for each of the three. Time. I'll put it out of your music. <laughs> the first way as mentioned, is that it could be done before the washing of the face. This is what is ma'aruf. The second is that it can be done take a while after the washing of the face. Naam. Then the third way is what then? After the hands. After the hands. I washing of the arms. The dry. So you have one which is before the washing of the face. It's done. Second, after the washing of the face. And then the third, after the washing of the hands. After the washing of the, the arms. Now, these are the three ways that I mentioned for the Madhura Wajtinsha. And the three ways in, in order to perform this, uh, perform this particular ghusl. And thereafter, it mentions that the the washing of the face is then done, and this can be done three times from the roots of the hair, so the beginning of the beginning of the hair. And inclusive of the lahi, and at the beginning parts of the ears as well. So including the whole face, the whole face from the, from the beginning of the hair, now I'm including the, the lehi, the beard, and 
on the side, the is, the beginning of the is. So here, the Qudama, rahimahullah, he's mentioned uh, what is what constitutes the face from each direction. So from the uppermost part, from the beginning of the head. From the lowermost part, inclusive of the bid. And on the sides, from the beginnings of, and if in parallel, the beginning of the is. So he's mentioned from those, each of those directions. That this is what is inclusive of the face. And thereafter, it mentions either takhleel, either washing, or put, putting the fingers through the beard as well. This is inclusive of the beard and how a person is expected to wash the face. How a person is expected to wash the face. Thereafter, it mentions the ghusl or the yaday in al Thereafter, you have washing the, the arms up to the, um, the elbows. So, and this is based upon the ayah where Allah Ta'ala mentions, وَأَيْدِيَكُمْ إِلَى الْمَرَافِقِ وَأَيْدِيَكُمْ إِلَى الْمَرَافِقِ And so, based upon this, no doubt, it's an obligation to wash the arms as well. It's an obligation. And so, this is a clear distinction that is made between the washing of the hands at the beginning and washing of the, the arms, or the hands inclusive of the arms in, uh, in the wudu. Because the washing of the hands is an action of sunnah, mustahab. The washing of the hands at the beginning. Whilst the washing of the hands inclusive of the arms to the elbows is from the wajibat. It's an obligation. It's an obligatory act. And this is due to what is mentioned within the ayah. And thereafter we understand as well that this word ila in the ayah, the word ila, is what is referred to as ma'iyah. So the ila is ma'iyah, inclusive of. So when the ayah mentions ila al-marafiqi, then it doesn't mean up until the elbow, but up to the elbow, yani inclusive of the elbow. So the washing, ila al-marafiqi, yani to and including the elbow. And so when a person is washing the arm, then they wash the arm and includes the elbow with that. And so, it's not a tafsir or it's not the meaning of al-ghusl, yani ila, ila ghaya, yani. So, just literally up until, not including. Naam, rather it's inclusive of that. And so, those that, from Ahl-Ulm, that mention the tafsir of this ayah, and mention this particular word, ila, within the ayah, the tafsir of it, meaning, yani, inclusive of, then of course, when they discuss the sifat al-wudu, when they discuss the description of the wudu itself, then they will include the elbow in that. 
And you have to wash the elbow along with that. And Allah Ta'ala knows best, but this is the stronger of the opinions in, in relation to that. And thereafter it mentions, and thereafter the person wipes over the head with the is or wiping the is. And this is due to the ayah as mentioned in the same the same ayah or just due to the part of the ayah. But Allah Ta'ala states, And so wipe over the heads. And this is something which is mentioned from the action of the Prophet وسلم, in a hadith of Abdullah ibn Zayd that he would wipe over the head from using the two hands. Naam. And he would begin with the, the front part of the, of the head and go towards the back and then return back to the front part of the head and so this narration or this affair of the wiping over the head this affair of the wiping over the head what we understand from it as well is two particular affairs the first of them the first of these two things is that in the manner in which the, the water is wiped over the head then it is wiped over by way of what is referred to as the Fadl al-Ma the Fadl al-Ma I extra water so anything which is leftover water from, so the person for example they perform in the wudu and then they have water left over from when they were doing the washing of the arms the answer that within this action then they should wipe over the head using the what is left over from that water from that from that previous action and this is the first thing the second is as mentioned within this narration also you have the narration of Zayd ibn Asim where you find the mention of the Qayfiyatul Mess. The understanding of the, the manner in which the mess, the, 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 the wiping is done. Why? Because what we understand from this, Barakalafikum, is that the ayah is am. It gives a, a general description or general command to wipe over the head. And if you stand in the salah, naam, the person is to wash the face wash the arms and wipe over the head in terms of the wiping of the head then the tafsir and the detail comes within the narrations and narrations such as these that the, the detail comes when it comes to the narrations such as these and Allah Taala knows best and no doubt we understand that the hadith and ahadith are a means of tafsir for the ayat of the Quran in general, and so this is a clear indication of that, an example, and an example of that. 
And so the Sunnah Tabayyan and the Quran. And likewise as well, within this affair of the of the the, the wiping, then it's authenticated from the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam that the other name, i.e. the two ears, are regarded as being from the rats, as regarded as being from the head. And so once the person has done the mash, the wiping over the head, then upon them is to do the entering the fingers into the ears and wiping over the back to the ears as well. And this is what is found within the, the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Thereafter we have the mentioning of the Ghusl al-Rijlay al-Ka'bayn. Washing the feet up until the ankles. Again, this is taken from the same ayah, and the reason and the this obligation is taken from the same ayah. Warujulakum il al-Ka'bayn. The washing of the feet to the Ka'bayn, to the up to the ankles. And this is something which Again, it's found within the Sunnah of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, as well as the, the action after that, which is the placing the fingers between the toes, or the small finger between the toes to wash the feet. And this was due to the narration where the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam states, Asbihul wudu wa khallil asabih. And so seek to complete the wudu in the best way possible and wash between the toes. So, a question that I believe I've asked in a, in a, pre, in a previous lesson at some point, somewhere, I don't know when, but I believe I've asked the question, but I'll ask it again anyway, inshallah. You have the ayah, which you mentioned, and which a lot of this, these uh, sifat are based upon. So the ayah mentions first and foremost, oh you believe if you come to stand in the prayer, wash your faces and your hands or your arms, wipe over your heads, wash your feet. The ayah, for those that are, have some awareness of the Arabic uh, language or nahu, the ayah mentioned wajuhakum. Wajuhakum is a fatha on the ha, as maf'ul and bihi. And this is what this is what has to be washed. Again, aidiyakum, fatha on, on the aidiyakum, the ya. Because it's maf'ul and bihi, referring back to the musul. This is what has to be washed. Thereafter, Allah Ta'ala mentions, Because of the ba' the, 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 the scene says a kasra because of the ba' harf al-jar. Thereafter, it mentions, Again, fatha, because it's referring back to the ghusl. Fatha. However, you find there's a kira'ah which is mutabara and it mentions, وَمْسَهُ بِرُؤُوسِكُمْ وَأَرْجُولِكُمْ 
So now the 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 fatah that was there before is not a fatah, it's a rather as a kasr. So what we'd understand from this is wipe over the heads and the feet. Is that clear? So then in a particular qira'ah, they say wipe over the heads and wipe over the feet. How do we understand this particular qira'ah, let's say? How do we understand it? Because the ayahs mentioned wipe over the feet. Now, essentially, it's one answer is that it's referring to wiping over the socks. Because any wiping that a person does in terms of the feet is over the socks. It's one thing. Secondly, if you look at the narrations of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there's no narration that ever mentions that he, in his wudu, wiped over the feet. Now, so we know that, let's say at the starting point, we know there's no narration which verifies that he, alayhi salatu wasalam, wiped over the feet in his wudu. So if you understand that he did not wipe over the feet in the wudu, then it would beg the question, what does it mean by wiping the wiping over the feet? As the brother mentions, Allah khair, it's referring to the socks. Because this is what is affirmed within the sunnah. Either wiping over the socks. So, even though we have this kira'a, this particular kira'a, that it's not referring to actually wiping over the foot yani without anything else or anything upon it. Which is claimed by in the Rafida and others. Wallahu musta'an. And this is the rest of our relation to wiping over the feet. Thereafter, Ibn Qadami mentions, Thumma yarfa nadruhu ila sama fayakul ashaduan la ilaha illallah wahtuku la sharikala wa ashaduanna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu. And so, thereafter, he mentions, he, he looks towards the sky and states the shahada or shadowan la ilaha illallah wahduhu la sharika la wa shadowanna muhammad abduhu rasuluhu. And the reality is the the first part of this of this speech of Ibn Khadama, where Ibn Khadama mentioned that the person looks towards the sky. The first part of this speech is Da'if uh, Wallahu A'la. It's based upon a hadith which is Da'if. And so there's nothing which is authenticated that the person looks towards the sky when completing the wudu. Rather, that which is authentic is the statement of the Shahada. Due to, and this is based on the hadith on the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Man tawadda'a fa'asana al-wudu. ثُمَّ قَالْ أَشْهَدُ وَنْ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْدُهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ وَأَشْهَدُ وَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ فَتَحَ اللَّهُ لَهُ أَبَوَابَ الْجَنَّةِ ثَمَانِيَةً يَدْخُلُ مِنْ أَيُّهُ أَيُّهَا شَاءٌ And so, what we understand from that is that, or what the narration mentions is that whoever performs the wudu and perfects their wudu. And thereafter they state, Ashadun la ilaha illallah wahduhu la sharika la. Wa ashadun muhammadan abduhu wa rasulu. Naam. Thereafter, 
the doors, Allah Ta'ala will enter will open all eight doors of Jannah for the individual. And he can enter into any which one of them which he wishes. And so this no doubt is the reward attached to the one that states the Shahada after performing wudu. So just to to uh, be clear that looking towards the sky when before after performing the wudu, then this isn't something which is authentic. It's not authentic. However, the shahada is authentic and this and that narration is found in Sahih Muslim. So it says in the Shahada afterwards and that the, the doors, all eight doors of general be opened up to the individual, then this is something which is authenticated. And Allah Taala knows best. And inshallah we'll conclude here for this lesson. And this will be the last lesson or this there won't there won't be another lesson for maybe two more weeks, I believe. So not not next week, not the week after the week after that we'll continue inshallah. And uh, we'll continue with the discussion around the wudu and the chapters pertaining to the wudu. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam jazakum la khaira. Abarakallahu fikum. Wa sallallahu wa barak ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. No. How should he do it? The one that has the big beard as in relation to the and in comparison to the one that has a small beard. Uh, the, 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 the affair of the Takhlil al no doubt, is referring to one that has uh, maybe a, a bigger beard so that they, they run the fingers through the beard. If the person, and the reason for that is to try and try to ensure that the water reaches each part of the beard when performing the wudu. So now, if the person um, doesn't have a beard where they can run the finger through it, for example, then they still try to ensure that the water reaches each part of that of that vid. And so if they if they've done that, then this is this suffices, inshallah. And it's not necessarily that they have to try to find somebody they can run their fingers <laughs> through the vid, my friend. Rather, it's the main thing is that they um they, they or the, the intent behind that, the muqsud, is that the water reaches each part of the vid. عليك بال عليك بال عليك بال 
الأعمال أخرى يعني جميع الأعمال إلا هذا نعم إلا هذا والله أعلم ما الذي الذي يظهر لأن نعم في انتهاب نعم فهذا يعني الرجل مثل هذا يكون معبود إلينا لأن هذا يزيد يزيده في 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 ضر نعم والأذى فإذا كان العمر هكذا فلا بأس إن شاء الله يعني يتوضع بجميع أعمال أخرى ويترك هذا ويتركه أيوة يكون ال يعني ال الخارج نعم يمسح الخارج ولا يدخل ال ال الماء في يعني في الداخل ولا بارك الله فيك No, because the affair of Mubalaka or the, 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 the um, being, uh, using a lot, large amounts of water, uh, the nose, this is something which is an action of sunnah and it's not something which is an obligation. And so in this scenario, hence why it's also it mentions the narration that the person should um, put large amounts of water in the nose except for when they're fasting. So there's an exception already now when a person is signed. But now if the person due to uh, something else in terms of a medical needs or, or, or some other need, then they can, you know, make sure the water reaches there but not go into large amounts. No. But the Lord mentioned in this his case that one drop from that little might increase it. So that's a big difference. All that. No. Allah. No. If you step in first with the right foot, then you fall in, fall into it. Also, as well, Allah was blessed, but even it was different. So, for even if I understood it, if I understood what you mentioned, the person will step forward with their right foot, they may fall forward because they're right footed, so they're on their stronger foot, and then that becomes weak, and they fall forward. But not everyone's right footed, someone's some people are left footed. No, never heard of the left wing, left wingers. So, Allah, Allah, no. If you do find anything though, benefit us insha'Allah. Jazakum al-khair. Barakallahu feekum. Wa sallallahu wa barak wa nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Barakallahu feekum wa jazakum al-khairah.